On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. And on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me... Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, a salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones. And today's episode is all about a TV special that I think sounds better on vinyl, 1979's John Denver and the Muppets, A Christmas Together. I am wooden toy soldier who somehow qualified for foreign combat despite being unable to stay in formation, Mike Westfall. And I'm sharing a Christmas together with two pals who appreciate the Muppets on a much deeper level than I do. First, please welcome back to the podcast from Nerd Lunch and Dragonfly Ripple, it's Carlin Trammell. Hi-ho, CT. Oh, 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 Mikey, I was just wondering if I was looking at the script, uh, Mikey, and mm, I, I'm not particularly happy with what you have me down for on this podcast. <laughs> well, don't you worry. I'll make sure you get plenty of lines. Uh, that's, I'm sorry. That's fantastic. Yeah, great. Perfect. All right. Uh, and my next guest, if you've known me on the Internet for longer than a decade, you'll know him as one of my longtime buds from Progressive Boink. And you can currently hear him on Uproxx's pro wrestling podcast, McMansplaining. It's Bill Hanstock. Welcome, Bill. I didn't know that uh, I was going to be on a podcast with someone with such good Muppet impressions, so <laughs> now I'm very self-conscious that I don't have many Muppet impressions to bring to the table. That actually surprises me. I'll do it for both of us, Bill. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> uh, about, about the best I can do is just, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. It's a better Fozzie than I can do, so... Thank you to both of you. I'm thrilled that you're both here for this episode. If anyone has listened last year when CT was on talking about Muppet Family Christmas, we both went into a brief history of the Muppets in our own lives. And I mentioned at listening to the John Denver and the Muppets album is one of the first things I remember in about life, period. Uh, but Bill, why don't you briefly talk about your history with growing up with the Muppets? Uh, yeah, uh, one of the first things I remember is uh, watching... Um the Muppet Show uh, at uh, my uh, my parents uh, when I was a kid at, at my house uh, while my parents were married, and I only have like three or four memories of my parents being married because they were divorced when I was like three. So uh, that's the Muppets is one of them. Uh, watching them together with both of my parents, uh, and uh, so it's always been uh, a big part of my life. Um, the the Muppet Show was big for me, like really big for me. Uh, some of my other earliest memories heavily involved Sesame Street and the uh, the Mister uh, Mister Hooper uh, Christmas uh, double vinyl. Um, I listened to that a, a great great deal. I listened to the Muppet Show soundtrack on uh, on eight track oh, wow. uh, the, Muppet, the Muppet Movie uh, soundtrack on eight track. Uh, again and again and again uh, had a, I had the Muppet uh, show album two on a cassette tape that I just uh, listened to again and again and again. And I still mm. own somewhere. Uh, but yeah, the Muppets were always really, really important to me uh, throughout my entire life. I have a, a Muppet tattoo. Uh, I will probably have another uh, at some point someday. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's uh uh, sort of a, a life dream to one day meet an actual Muppet, and uh, I hope that that happens <laughs> at some point. Uh, I came a little bit close. Uh, I was lucky enough to 
be able to go see one of the two uh, Muppets take the Hollywood Bowl shows last year, uh, which was a really uh, important experience for me. Uh, but yeah, just uh, just a big, big Muppet fan. Excellent. I want to hear more about that tattoo. What's that tattoo of? Uh, Uncle Deadly. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a, I got an Uncle Deadly tattoo because uh, uh, I've always been fascinated by Uncle Deadly ever since I had a, uh, a, a Muppet uh, comic book where uh, Uncle Deadly was sort of the monster at the end of the book to lift the phrase from another Muppet. Uh, and I didn't know anything about him because I had never seen the Vincent Price episode of The Muppet Show, Uh, but I I had just seen the drawings of him and pictures of him, Uh, so I was always really fascinated by him. I actually got the tattoo of him long before there were DVD releases of The Muppet Show, before there was the resurgence of Uncle Deadly and the Muppet movies with Jason Segel, and, of course, on the amazing new Muppet series, which I loved very much and uh, didn't have any problems with, although other people did. And uh, I'm glad that we got the amount of Muppets that we did from the new series, but I'm sad that it got canceled. Uh, But uh, back when I got my Uncle Deadly tattoo... There, there were a grand total of two photographs of Uncle Deadly on the internet, and uh, <laughs> and uh, neither of them uh, were uh, featured. Like no, neither of those photos had all of Uncle Deadly, so uh, his hands aren't uh, aren't completely accurate. But uh, you know, I still like my tattoo. Uh, uh, it's it's good. I got to show it to Seth Green one time, and he was impressed. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that story. I knew you showed it to somebody, and I guess I thought I had inserted into my head that it was Jason Siegel himself, but Seth Green, now I remember. I've also showed it, I mean, I've showed it to a lot of people at this point, but I showed it to uh, Hornswoggle, who has Muppet tattoos of his own. <laughs> and and who was also in Muppets Most Wanted. He so was. I've, I've kind of met a Muppet. Hornswoggle's as close as you're going to get. Um, yeah. Without actually meeting a Muppet or a Muppet performer, so well, there is a Henson exhibit um, local to me uh, at the moment that we're going to go check out in a few weeks. Uh, that has like a bunch of actual like actual Muppets and actual like Fraggles and stuff. But you know, it's not. I'm not going to be able to check it off my list until I I meet a Muppet performer performing a Muppet. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, now you. Both probably knew about the album before ever knowing this was a TV special like myself. Is that correct? Uh, no, I think I remember the special. I remember watching. I mean, I would have only been like three or four, but I, I remember having seen this aired. I don't know if it would have been the first year or a subsequent year when it might have aired again. But I do. I did remember that there was the TV special and then I got the uh, album later. Oh, wow. Okay. I knew there was a special and I knew that there was an album of the special. I don't know how I knew those things, perhaps from my parents, perhaps just from the way the world used to work in the, uh, in the early eighties of like, uh, you know, Kenny and Dolly have a Christmas special and then, and also you can buy the album of it. Like that sort of thing. (laughs) It was just a thing that happened. Uh, I didn't hear the entire album, uh, until, you know, fairly recently, relatively, uh, maybe 15 years or so. Uh, but I love the album to death. It's amazing. And, uh, until I watched this special recently, 
I thought I had seen more of the special than I actually had seen. Um, but uh, man, uh, does the album blow the special away? <laughs> it does, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> also, also the album's like four times longer than the, like it's it's like there's like only like half of the album maybe is on the special. Yeah, I think I counted four songs that are missing from the special that are on the album. But you get all kinds of bonkers other songs that we're going to get into a little later. Yeah. Uh, quick background here. As I mentioned, uh, this premiered in 1979. I wasn't around yet. I missed the debut by a year. Uh, but I did not know this even existed until maybe late 80s or early 90s uh, when the Muppets started coming into the Disney fold. And this started airing annually on the Disney Channel maybe around 1989 or so. Uh maybe even halfway through the 90s, too. But So how this got started was John Denver first appeared on an episode of The Muppet Show in April 1979. Uh, it was actually the first episode of season four, which, uh, as, <laughs> no. which, as of this recording, is still not available for purchase in the lovely Gonzo collector's box like CT was promised. We were, we were promised that. <laughs> I still have a, a digital image of that Gonzo box. <laughs> it is a crime against humanity that we have, we have not gotten seasons four and five on DVD. And it needs to be fixed now. <laughs> Wait till next year. Uh, but after that episode, Jim Henson had brought forth the idea to John of recording a Christmas album with the Muppets. So they threw around some song ideas and John went and recorded some demos in L.A. And he said he made room for the Muppet parts when he was recording them. And he flew back out to London, and they recorded the album starting June 29th, 1979, uh, exactly one week after the American premiere of the Muppet movie. So there's your time frame. Uh, and then, and so according to John, they recorded about 20 songs for this album before they whittled it down to 13 tracks. I can't even imagine what else they wrote for this. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of the stuff that ended up in the special, I'm not sure. But the album itself was released first in October of 79, which is why I had wrongly assumed that everybody had heard of that first. But the recording of that is what led to putting together this TV special later in the year. That premiered on December 5th, 1979 on ABC. Uh, and we opened the same way as the album with The 12 Days of Christmas. The nicest thing I can say about the special overall is that I really love the 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 extent to which it feels like a live performance, or that it feels like it's spontaneous and just sort of happening. And that's that's to the good and to the detriment of the special. Uh, to the good, obviously, whenever the the, the Muppets are involved, uh, but uh, it's. The 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 stuff with uh with Fozzie forgetting his lines. Ten a leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids a What? Six oh. <laughs> uh, is is a little. It, it's amazing. It doesn't it doesn't read awesome if you have only heard the the album track and don't know what's going on. But uh, everything plays so well in in the actual performance of everything and. When Fozzie finally gets his line and then gives like the biggest like Muppet smile that has ever happened. <laughs> Seven spines a swimming, six geese a lane. 
Uh, it's really wonderful. It's also uh, pretty striking right off the bat uh, when the when the when the special starts to see the 1979 versions of like Fozzie and Piggy, uh, and and to realize, oh, yes. this is where this is where in time this happens. Right. Yeah. Especially Miss Piggy, she has sort of the more prominent eyelids and the eye shadow there, and she doesn't have that wide eyed glow that she does. But yeah, uh, yeah. Bill had mentioned. Uh, that there are some differences between this 12 Days of Christmas and the one that was on the album. First, you have a, a, a few places switched. And the most striking one, right off the bat, you have Kermit coming in with the second day of Christmas, where on the album, he waits until the end of day 12 there. Oh, uh, I wanted to make sure that we we all take the, a, a moment to appreciate the incredibly rare pronunciation of partridge that John Denver is bringing to the table. <laughs> a partridge? He's not English. It's very, uh, it's very off-putting. <laughs> and I'm glad that he only sings that line by himself once, but every time it comes around, you can hear his voice cutting through everyone else's voice, and he's very clearly saying partridge different than everyone else's. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think I had thought that he was an English actor when I was growing up, and then I realized, oh, he's from Colorado? <laughs> he's actually f- born in New Mexico. Born in New Mexico. Oh, oh I think I did know that. It's a so lie. Big, his whole life is a lie. And his name isn't even John Denver. It's Henry John Deutschendorf Jr. He's a fake. And now we know why he's so good at seeing Silent Night in German. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> We're learning so much about ourselves. I do want to piggyback off something that that uh, Bill was saying about the opening scene and how mm-hmm. it feels live, and I think that's a testament to the fact that it all had to have been pre-recorded, especially considering how many voices are the same. Like you got Fozzie and Piggy, oh, yeah. both voiced by Frank Oz, and that's traditionally how they would do it on the Muppet Show. They would they would do all the songs recorded first, and then they would uh, essentially Muppet lip sync. But you've got so many of these characters, like Scooter and Janice, I think are the same. And you know, so so many of these characters are uh, voiced by somebody else. So it's like Frank Oz, if he's actually Muppeteering somebody, he's he's not actually doing it at the live. So John Denver is performing with this recorded song, and everybody like does a really good job at like doing, which is a pro- pretty a complicated song, I would say. They, they do a pretty good job at not only performing the song, but performing the song incorrectly at times. Yes. So it, it is pretty impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, it's very good. I, and I would, that's about I, where I, my being impressed stops, I have to say. <laughs> if I had to guess, if I had to guess, I would I would guess that Frank is puppeteering Fozzie in this scene. I would make that same guess just because of what you had said earlier about like the biggest Muppet smile you could. That's only something that really Frank Oz can do in that moment. And like the 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 like Fozzie like looking around for like to realize that he screwed up and like burying his face in his hands like <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's very Ozian and like although although Piggy does have a big uh, you know she, she does some heavy lifting in this song as well her, she just has to like look frazzled once and and it, it's a pretty it's it's a relatively simple puppeteering job on her on her. Part. Sure, but uh, I, I do also want to. Uh, so when I heard the first time I heard this Muppet version of Twelve Days of Christmas, mm-hmm. this is the first time I had ever heard 
five gold rings? Yes, me too. Uh, okay, good. I wanted to know if I was the big weirdo. Or oh, what. no, no. <laughs> my whole life, I had only ever heard golden. Yeah, so did I. Uh, this is the first time I've ever heard that. I actually have a note about that, too. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> where did this come from? Some of the other changes here, like I said, Kermit is uh, filling in for Fozzie on the second day of Christmas on the album, and he doesn't lose his lines there. I guess that's why he's losing them here, because now he's all of a sudden the seventh day of Christmas, because he has to replace a missing okay. Lou Zealand. Right. What? I'm off going and getting my boomerang fish. <laughs> you have a lot of different characters that you don't really hear often and would never think would be on the first track of an album. You got Lou Zealand. Um, you have Bunsen and Beaker as the ninth day of Christmas, which is a charming little joke to start off an album there. Here on the special, they're replaced by Janice, uh, which is good that we see her singing in the special because one of the songs that is missing is the Muppets version of Deck the Halls. And my favorite part of that version is Janice singing, Follow me in movie measure. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 100%. Uh, there are a couple other things about this performance of 12 Days of Christmas that I enjoy. Uh, one is uh, after uh, uh, Floyd sings Piper's Piping, uh, Zoot uh, plays the horn on the next line. Oh, yeah. And it, the same thing happens with after Rolf sings his line every time, uh, he does a piano flourish on the subsequent line. So, like, he's doing a thing and Zoot's doing a thing uh, after, like, their respective parts are, are wrapped up. And I do also like that, like, you know, obviously Anim Animal has drummers drumming. Like, yes, everything's that was perfect. Pretty, everything's lining up, like, in a character-appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Floyd also didn't get in the album version. That uh, was Beauregard on the recorded uh, version. Well, it's, it's, I mean, like, you don't want to have Beauregard and Janice on the same track. I guess not. Because it's the same <laughs> right. thing. Right. <laughs> well, what color are their hands now? <laughs> but I think because of the Fozzie thing, I like this version maybe even a little better than the album, or at least I like them for what each one is. But I also get how the album cut is trying to set the tone of a legitimately good Christmas album and not just goofy kid stuff. If you had Fozzie messing up his lines on the record, I don't think that becomes the must-play album it would <laughs> very quickly become. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I think I think the visual of Fozzie messing up the lines and the, the, the puppeteering of that, I think, helps sell this, where you it's harder to do that on an audio track. You, you could, right. but it, it's yeah. better here because of the visual. No, so instead they went with the audio joke of Beaker, which worked very well there. Uh, and one last thing I want to say about, about the Muppets and the 12 Days of Christmas is that they uh, redid it almost perfectly uh, 30 years later on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, he and the Roots... Played this again with the Muppets, complete with Fozzie forgetting his part again in the very same spot. Uh, mm. And again, some of the characters were changed again. Uh, for 9, 10, and 11, you had Pepe, because you got to put Pepe in there. Mm. Uh, you have Sam the Eagle replacing Statler and Waldorf. And then Rizzo came in, replacing Floyd, who replaced Beauregard. So. You said that was late night? That was something. Um, that was late night. That was, was 2009. Okay. So that was okay. 30 years. Uh, I, I thought it was a lot more recent than that. that. But then I went and I couldn't find it again. And then I realized, oh, okay, that was almost 10 years ago now. Stop, Mike. 
All right. Well, back to 1979 then, and the special <laughs> officially begins with a table read with most of the Muppets present and all kind of chaotically talking over each other. Before well, John- hold on, real, real quick. Oh, oh, sorry, Mike. I don't want to yes. interrupt. I, I think know. it's interesting the the Muppets that they list as who <laughs> yes. starring. Oh, yes. yes. Starring. Exactly. <laughs> starring John Denver and John's special guest stars, Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, Fuzzy Bear, Gonzo, Floyd, Scooter, and Rolf. So it's Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Gonzo, Floyd, Floyd. Scooter, and Ralph. And I find that an interesting set. Now, now, now the first four, I, I mean, those are the kind of the four, right? Um, but Floyd and Scooter, I'm sort of surprised that they get they get sort of like the top billing here, and not like Animal or even Doctor Teeth. I would have thought would have been a bigger deal at the time. Well, it's 1979. The show's only been around. For like, what year did the Muppet movie come out? Sorry, I don't that know. Year. Seven, yeah, 79. That year. Seventy-nine. So, so the hierarchy of Muppets hadn't been established yet. You had uh, you had Kermit and Piggy. I'm gonna guess that in a lot of circles, Scooter and and uh, Robin were probably big deals, and Fozzie probably just for sheer value of screen time he was getting. But even like, even Gonzo was probably a bit like, again, in this, in this uh, special, you've got the 1979 version of Gonzo. So purple suit Gonzo. And it's, it's not, he's not really a thing yet. So like at this point, we know what, we know who the big six Muppets are like in 2018, 1979, no idea. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like, arguably, Rolf was the biggest star on the show because he predated the Muppet Show and he was right, on the Jimmy right. show. So yeah, him, him getting the and does not surprise me. Yeah. I, I guess Floyd and Scooter. So I, I mean, maybe Scooter not as much because he was a he was a pretty big part of the Muppet Show by that point. He was he would have been the one you know uh, opens every episode. Thirteen seconds to curtain. Whoever Julie Andrews, you know he's the, he's he's the one the, doing that in every episode. So he's the Jack McBrayer of the yeah. Muppets. Wow, yeah. I don't know why I never connected those two. Or dogs. Jack McBrayer is the Scooter of Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock is basically just the Muppet Show. It really yes. is, <laughs> in every wonderful way. So we begin with a table read, and they're all kind of chaotically talking over each other before John gets there and brings his own mostly peaceful order and gets down the business. And Floyd, who got fifth billing, uh, (laughs) says to John, Long time, no high C! Which I didn't understand was a musical reference for years. Singing singing joke. I I thought maybe John Denver just really liked Citrus Cooler. <laughs> yeah, he needs some high sea and turkey. There you go. <laughs> uh, but John then asks where Miss Piggy is, and she comes running in amid the sound of dogs. And I thought at first, because I had watched them up at Family Christmas before I ever watched this, that they were going to do the whole grand entrance on the dog sled bit again. But no, Piggy explains the barking was coming from autograph hounds. <laughs> It's a good joke. Are autograph hounds still around, or are they are they selfie bros now? Uh, let me let me uh, assure you, knowing uh, knowing a lot of wrestling fans, autograph hounds are absolutely still a thing. Oh, also, boy. also living in Los Angeles, I promise you that is still a thing. Oh, no, I thought it had just kind of 
transformed into, why didn't you follow me back on Twitter, you jerk? Well, there is also that, but, I mean, there are a lot of premieres that happen and a lot of red carpets, and at every red carpet there will be a group of people uh, bunched up near the red carpet, hoping that people will step off the red carpet to sign some of their things for them. Hmm. But also there are the people who, like, camp out, uh, like, hotels and airports to try and get uh, autographs from especially wrestlers, but uh, general, just general stars in general. There's also, you know, TMZ always has at least one camera at uh, the airport uh, baggage claim. Of course they do. (laughs) So so the table read begins with Kermit going over uh, the opening Christmas message, peace on earth, goodwill torn men. And Piggy interjects like the responsible feminist she is with what about goodwill toward women? Yes, this is where they start dissecting the Bible. Yes. <laughs> but, well, I mean, even the Catholic Church has retranslated it to people of goodwill, but... Yeah, but has the Catholic Church added Lenny Kravitz? No. Okay. Nor have they added Dizzy Gillespie, which we're about oh, to... Oh, I'm sorry. Why well, I said Lenny Kravitz. Lenny I meant Kravitz. Dizzy Gillespie. You're... Why did I say Lenny Kravitz? I don't even know. They're Wait, not the same at all. Well, we, can we edit it so I say Dizzy Gillespie? <laughs> uh, do it again. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. I'll be wrong. It was Wait Dizzy to, Gillespie. All right. Take one for the team. Uh, but here comes one of my favorite lines from this. Piggy fires back the Bible. And I'm just going to cut it in here because I cannot do the, the Miss Piggy impression that you can do, CT. But. Jonathan, the Bible is filled with women. This one begat that one and that one begat the other one. From all the begatting that went on, it is quite obvious there was a great deal of goodwill toward women. <laughs> Lest we forget, the pilot of The Muppet Show was titled Sex and Sex Violence. Sex and Violence. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the end of Sex and Violence on television. Here's a sex joke from Miss Piggy to John Denver. Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, that sets off a light bulb in Gonzo's head because he asks right after that, why stop there? Peace on earth to goodwill toward men and women and chickens. And then Fozzie very innocently as a, how about bears? And then we get our Dizzy Gillespie line from Floyd. I think you should say, peace on earth, goodwill toward men and women and chickens and bears and Dizzy Gillespie. And then... And then the Lenny Kravitz. Then Lenny Kravitz. Yes. That was later. Which is fun to think about Dizzy Gillespie in the nativity scene. He's next to the little drummer boy playing the trumpet. Oh, we'll get to a screwed up nativity scene soon enough. We will. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the meeting devolves back into chaos before John launches into song, asking them, may I have the pleasure of your company? May I have the pleasure of your company as we share this warm and friendly Christmas show. I, I will say it th- it's at this point while I'm watching it that I'm realizing, oh, it's that's right, it's John Denver <laughs> and the Muppets. <laughs> yes. A lot of times in this special, uh, and I think it was an old review on Tough Pigs that had joked that this is more like a Christmas next to each other. Yeah, pretty much. But John launches in the song, and all of a sudden, this cold gust of wind and snow blasts open the door. So John goes out to investigate, and he's entered the void. (laughs) 
He's just, he's green screened onto this white canvas of nothingness until building by building a full snowy town square magically appears. And I have no idea what's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And neither does John, but he seems to be fine with it because he continues the song as he mingles and dances with the hundreds of people that have now suddenly shown up. Uh, uh, hundreds of students, hundreds. super generous oh, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> dozens, <laughs> dozens of people. It, it, sixes, I don't know. Yeah, I would go. With, I would. I would say I would top you out at tens. Ones and ones of people yeah. mingling and dancing with them, shopping for Christmas gifts. Fozzie's there as a Salvation Army Santa Claus. The the highlight of this whole sequence is. Uh, the Swedish chef playing a piping hot skillet like a guitar for like half a second. Yes. <laughs> Which I didn't realize until I kind of went back on it. He's roasting chestnuts over an open yes. fire. Yes. Is what's happening there. And and John Denver tries to grab one, but it's so hot it burns his hands. Yes. So the Swedish chef admonishes him, but then immediately flings all of his chestnuts just into the air and onto the ground. And then... <laughs> turns over this scalding hot iron skillet and starts strumming it like a guitar in a song where there is no guitar present. (laughs) (laughs) Statler and Waldorf heckle something about John having a Rocky Mountain High, which is a reference to his own album, but I also think it better explains the whole White Void thing. Right. Uh, And... He go, uh, there's a part where he goes to escort two older women carrying large packages into some dance, and then out from behind the old women appear these two young ballerina girls. And this, of course, is symbolic of how in this dimension they're in, all time is meaningless. <laughs> and what actually is five minutes seems like five weeks. Yes. Everything is everything becomes meaningless while you're watching this song. It really is. Uh, this was the one thing I remember about this special is just everything had that 70s relaxed feeling where it all just kind of dragged on until whenever they felt like quitting. And then right near the end, we have Link Hogthrob in his police chief getup from Bear on Patrol, I believe, who whistles in a line of dancing police officers in red earmuffs for a short dance. And then we end with a short joy to the world and peace on earth and goodwill to men and dogs and frogs and bears and chickens. And finally, Piggy uh, gives us our big finish with... And uh, So this, as you as you mentioned... To me, this is where it really hit home. Like, oh, this is a ni- this is a 1970s variety show TV special uh, that's about Christmas, because it it fell out of vogue. I would say right around the end of the 80s, but all the way up until like at least the mid 80s, there was just this. You know, if you were doing a special and it was a variety show, you'd have you'd have song and dance and you'd just have these segments you would have like five or six segments and mm-hmm. like here's what we're doing and we're going to just do it and we're going to fill up the time with it and as I, w- I was mentioning earlier about the the loosey-goosey sort of uh, improv type na- nature of the the whole thing that's to the good when it's like people cracking up at the muppets and to the bad when he's dancing with small children and you're like, Oh, that's the best take you got, huh? Or did you just do the one take? Um, it's hard to it, tell. Yeah. It's, it's, it might be because I was watching it and I was like, they definitely just did one take. And then I was like, Oh my God, 
what if this is just the best take? And that's a way more horrifying thought. Oh, no. Like, it's, it's much more comforting to think, like, look, guys, it took us forever to set this up. We got, like, two shots at this tops, and they got that shot. And they're like, good enough. Let's go to the cops. And, uh, yeah, so it just <laughs> goes on forever. John Denver isn't particularly good at dancing, but it's not going to stop the host of the show from doing a bunch of choreographed dance numbers. Um, yeah, and, uh, and it just... Uh, we got to make everyone know this is Christmas, 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 and dance with all these people. But where the other thing, the other big thought I had during this number is uh, void aside, you know, the door behind him blows open while they're having a script meeting. And then he goes out and he's in a town and he's doing a dance number and he will return to this town several times, which leads me to believe that it's actually just the town that they're in. Um, and so to me, the entirety of the show really bur- blurs the line of is this the show they're putting on or yeah. is this just stuff that's happening around the show they're trying to put on because clearly the only thing that's definitively part of the show that they're putting on is the fifi thing <laughs> right everything right. else is just it's hard to tell whether they're making it up as they go along or is it just Again, I, I don't. I don't think Kermit having existential crises out in the woods is part of the show that they're putting on. <laughs> no. Well, it's, yeah, it certainly tries to be the Muppet Show. Like, there's all this backstage stuff, but then it's not the Muppet Show in so many ways. That I mean, that's a great point. Like, I hadn't even considered about the fact that like there's only one song that's on that's a show but where is the show like we don't see the stage we don't see the red curtain we don't see we don't see wherever it's being performed to have context for what the show is Uh, well i think the show that they're putting on is a tv special okay i don't think it's a live performance of any sort but but it just it's it couldn't be less clear what is part of the show and what is just stuff that's happening while they're trying to put on a show Yes. Another side question. Do you think that the fake laugh track they used in the Muppet show would have helped if they had used it in this? A billion percent. I, I absolutely <laughs> missed it. I, I'm not a big fan of laugh tracks, but I really missed it in this. Yeah, there were so many moments where I was like, oh, we could really use an applause break or a laugh track here. <laughs> Just really anything, could have. anything to make me feel alive for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clarify, I enjoy whenever the Muppets are on screen. Oh, yeah. No, and you're in good company the here. Is a delight. The album is a delight. It's just rough to watch as a special. Oh, absolutely. No, no questions there. Uh, but since we have no idea what is and is not part of the special we're being presented, let's go to a short scene of Piggy talking with her agent on the phone while this is happening and trying to get him to bargain for a better part. Yeah, I think this is actually the scene where I realized there was no laugh track. And I'm like, this really could have used one. That really could have. Uh, because we have John walking in and Miss Piggy starts putting the moves on John Denver. John? Johnny, do you realize that I have never seen you without your little glasses on? Take them off, Jonathan. Take them off. Please take them off for me. Put them on, Jonathan. Put them on. Yes, Miss Piggy. Yeah, she's really she's like 
Miss Piggy is always down to clown, but like she's exceptionally down to clown right here, and she's down to clown solely to get a better role, which is like good for her. Absolutely, that's the best part. This is all just to convince John to cut out whatever elf scenes she was supposed to be in, uh, and it works. He immediately promises Piggy he'll figure out something, and whatever was supposed to be the end of this special is now something completely different. And then uh, the lines are blurred once again because someone knocks on the door and says, five minutes to Mr. Denver, and suddenly we're out in the woods for another number. How does time work here? <laughs> five minutes till you gotta go take a stroll. <laughs> go get lost in the woods and tell us the story of Alfie the Christmas Tree. Did you ever hear the story of the Christmas tree who just didn't want to change the show? He liked living in the woods and playing with squirrels. He liked icicles and snow. Well, I think what happened was D- Denver went in the room, and before he went in, he told his assistant, now look, she's probably going to try and put the make on me. So in like two minutes, uh, knock on the door and say i got to be somewhere. <laughs> that, was, that, was the, that was the escape cell phone call of 1979. Yeah. Knock on the door and tell me i got to be on stage. She- Miss Piggy refused to meet me in a public space, so... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think it's worth noting, though, a couple... I felt like a couple of times during this John Denver, Miss Piggy sequence, John Denver... I mean, he does okay, but there's a couple times where he's about ready to break character. Like, he is very amused by Miss Piggy. And I think there's when even one scene where it's like... Hair, yeah, yeah, when she gets yeah. her hair in her mouth, she spits it out, and he clearly cracks up and she keeps going and he looks straight down the barrel of the camera. <laughs> yes, he does. For, for Are we still doing this? Yeah, for confirmation of whether they should keep going and a bunch of frantic hand motions from behind the camera indicated to him that yes. But yeah, that's that's the biggest break. But there are a couple moments in here where he loses. They must it. have had and like this studio like, for like seventeen minutes, and that was it. Like we have got, we have no time for redos. Like it is, you do it really one adds, take, and we're moving on. Yeah, it really adds to it, though. Like it, it makes it so much better. Like her, her, like you know, admittedly lame joke about like take your glasses off now, put your glasses back on. Her delivery <laughs> and him cracking up at her delivery and her reaction is really what makes the scene. Uh, That is absolutely the best part of that scene for me as well. Got to hand it to Frank Oz, who has that talent to like keep this bit going as long as he can, he himself can keep that, keep into that character. But, but again, now we're back out to the woods in the middle of nowhere. As John tells us his story of Alfie, the Christmas tree, which it's a delightful little bit on the record here. And it, translates pretty nicely in this one scene here. You have some of the critters kind of Muppet critters kind of coming out of the woods, listening to the tale. And John noted uh, to a large degree, the Muppets themselves were the inspiration for him writing this, uh, which he called one of his very favorite compositions. That's the first half of this song. And then the second half is it's in every one of us. It's in every one of us which appears later in Muppet Family Christmas, sung by Robin, and then uh, it apparently also appears in the other John Denver and the Muppet special, Rocky Mountain Holiday, but don't be fooled by the title like I was, that takes place in the summer. (laughs) 
It is and, not. And it also, it's in every one of us is like so good, so so good, and that's one of my favorite, you know, just Muppet related songs ever. But I just like it's it's a bummer that the whole the entirety of this song isn't just that part. And well, I mean, John Denver's got to get his his environmental message out there because that was a big message for him. So, and that's a very charming little tale. Like, while you're having a merry Christmas and having a great time with all your gifts and in your prayers this year, say a prayer for the wind and the water and the wood because we don't know how long this is all going to last if we're going to keep treating it like garbage. And then we get to Sad Kermit. <laughs> who's feeling bummed. Well, making Kermit actually appear sad is tricky because he literally has a built-in smile. <laughs> Look closely, kids. The corners of Kermit's mouth turn upward. It's a real thing. But he's feeling bummed because he misses his family on Christmas and he's really trying to not upset John by this. But then he launches into just joke after joke, which I love when <laughs> Kermit gets to be the funny one. Because it seems at the same time very expected and very unexpected. Makes him a complicated yeah, my, character. Yes. My favorite of uh, his jokes in this segment were, help, help, he croaked. Yes. I remember there was this cute little tadpole who always used to leap around saying everything was easy as falling off a log. Yeah. <laughs> there was one Christmas he had a terrible accident. Well, what happened? He fell off a log. Poor little fellow, he just croaked. He died? Oh, no, he croaked. Help, help, he croaked. Oh, he helped him up, and he was okay. Maybe he was sad because he had overheard these bummer songs that John Denver was belting out in the middle oh, of the woods. Could be. <laughs> You're really bringing the whole special down, John. <laughs> I find it interesting how he uh, he's nostalgic for the old swamp or whatever, but that's that's something we never really see with Kermit. Like he's. Uh, He's, I think he's pretty happy most of the time like he's that he's not back in the swamp uh, so this is a rare this is a rarity for Kermit to see that it is and I mean we always see him on the road for Christmas so but this might have been one of the one of the first ones so you're right you're right and I mean the only other time I think I've seen well, you know the Muppet movie he's pretty sad there when he realizes that uh, <laughs> the bus is broken down and he's yeah. he's uh the dream is is gonna die. And then he's sad one time when he's he realizes he's green and it's not so easy. Oh yes, that's pretty sad. Uh, but but this launches into Kermit's Christmas song, "The Christmas Wish." I don't know if you believe in Christmas, or if you have presents underneath the Christmas tree, which might be one of my favorite songs on the album um just it's like my dark horse favorite song just because of its message that you know i don't know if you believe in christmas or if you have presents underneath the christmas tree but if you believe in love this is supposed to be a time to come together so let's forget all the crap and just be nice to each other for a day please one day it'll probably happen just just one day (laughs) Then we get to our built-in commercial and we're back to Piggy getting her makeup did and explaining she'll not be playing an elf anymore. And that's when John comes in and tells her the writers are still working on her part, but it's going to be magic and instructs the very capable makeup team of New Zealand and Beaker to, quote, make her up to fit anything. 
I didn't know that was an option. But now a very excited piggy launches into Christmas is Coming, the round style song. Christmas is coming, the goose is getting fat. Yes. And whereas the album, she's only accompanied by Gonzo, Robin, and Scooter. Here, she starts out with Gonzo and New Zealand and Beaker who were there, and then everybody else kind of comes into frame, and it's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's uh, this is very great, very fun. Um, it's nice to see it uh, after having heard it so many times. Also, uh, right when she gets up and starts really rocking out is when I realized that this, from this special, is used pretty heavily in, in those Muppets lip-syncing uh, remix uh, videos that were popular a couple years ago. Oh, yes! <laughs> I didn't even realize that until you just said it. And they're all in here. Just because they all kind of come into frame, you got Rolf comes out of nowhere, and then here comes Fozzie, and here's at least half of the electric mayhem, but only about half. Uh and it's a party until everyone makes their way out again, and we get the same punchline. Miss Piggy! Miss Piggy! Miss Piggy! What? We're finished! Oh. I knew that. And then we're back to Solemn again, because it's it's night in the village from nowhere, uh, and, and John singing his Christmas song, A Baby Just Like You. Savior King was born that day baby just like you and this was my mom's favorite song on the album because John's son Zachary and later his daughter were both adopted and that's our family too my brother and sister and I were all adopted so this holds that special place in my family's heart but I think this is the most John Denver of the songs like this oh, yeah. to me seems uh, like some of the others don't seem John Denverish, but this one is like this could have been take out the lyrics, uh, make them not Christmassy, and it could show up on any of his other albums. This this total John Denver. So I think this song is awesome. I love listening to it on the album, uh, but like the if you're not paying close attention to the lyrics, the "Merry Christmas, Little Zachary" part comes out of like pretty much nowhere. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And, like, the first time I heard the song, like, I went online to look up the lyrics, and I, like, I had to read it, like, so many times, because, like, whatever it was, my my brain just, like, kept shutting off, like, halfway through <laughs> reading the lyrics, like... Oh man, where what who is this who is this song about? Where where does it where does it talk about who Zachary is? That is a big culture shock. I didn't think of it like that. I mean I had my mother to explain it to me, but my mom's a big John Denver fan anyway, so I've heard all of his Christmas material, and this is on one end of the John Denver Christmas song spectrum. And then the other end of the John Denver Christmas song spectrum is a lovely little tune called Please Daddy Don't Get Drunk This Christmas. Oh, God. Real song. Please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. But right here again is where I think we have a very obvious built-in commercial break of John just kind of walking back out into what's now the night in this magically appearing town square. And then we're lowered into a darkened studio with John and Rolf at the piano singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. This was always one of my favorite songs, just by whoever has to sing it. Um, 
and I thought the audio was the exact same as the album, but it's apparently not. And the only way I could tell is that Rolf cannot stand silence. Even when he's playing the piano, he's always got to say something like, oh, that's nice, John. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very often a very Muppety thing, or even any sort of character where they always have to kind of comment in the middle, even if it's just like, yeah. But Rolf, <laughs> for some reason, it stands out more here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Is it because Rolf is the original Poochie? <laughs> I have to go now. My my planet needs me. <laughs> uh, Rolf's you know one of my all time faves. So yeah, this this is great. One of my favorite holiday songs as well. So just a, a big a big success all the way around. Every time I see Rolf uh, doing his stuff, though, I'm always impressed at the fake piano playing. And I'm always uh, oh, 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 fake <laughs> ring ring brother. <laughs> and I'm always uh, and I'm always uh, very um, invested in like, do they cut the strings of the piano or is it just like a fake piano that they built? How what are the logistics of this piano? Because I don't think he's like wailing on all the wrong keys and then they just opened up it later because <laughs> that would be impossible to. I was about to say, it's John Denver trying to keep a straight face while Rolf's just kind of banging wrong keys in the piano. <laughs> plank, plank, plank. <laughs> <laughs> because like you said, it's definitely fake piano playing because I'm sure someone looks very carefully at this and she's like, oh, that's but not the great, right key. It's always great p- pantomime piano playing is what I'm always impressed by. Oh, yeah. By two different people's arms, no less. Yeah. <laughs> like one guy's doing one and another guy's doing the other. Yeah, really? Maybe that makes it easier to concentrate on just that one side of it. Or maybe it's just maybe it's just Jim Henson in the in the mouth hole and Chico Marx is doing both hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so. That's a nice. But right at the end, we have a distraught and angry Miss Piggy run in, wanting to know why her big part has now gone to someone named Fifi. Who is Fifi? Uh, And John simply says, no one could be Fifi, but you, you are Fifi, Piggy. And we're whisked right into the big number that I think we finally have now all come to agreement that this is what the special is supposed to be. It starts, the thing we've been watching for a half hour is about to begin. I think I think it's vague as to whether or not that the uh, him being called into the woods is a part of the show or not. I kind of like it that way. It was just yeah, yeah. I think it was just scheduled uh, his scheduled constitutional. <laughs> there you go. Like John Denver for sure had like t- takes a walk in the woods built into his writer or whatever. Like oh, <laughs> absolutely. If anyone ever did. That is the. That is. The most John Denver writer you can get. But before I launch into the actual special or what we think it is, uh, which constitutes a song called Camaraderie and a cover by Miss Piggy of the song I Will Wait For You, do you guys have any thoughts on this one? This is another thing that I think was like legally governmentally mandated is that uh, every Christmas special has to have something involving toy soldiers. And... uh, it's something that I think people of our age or younger couldn't possibly give less of a crap about. Uh, <laughs> but 
But every every single holiday special before the year like 1990, there's going to be something about toy soldiers in there. So just buckle up and grit your teeth and get through the toy soldiers and let's uh, never speak of it again. But uh, boy, this just kept going on. Oh, yeah. You think they're going to do something nutcrackery, but nope. We see John and his fellow toy soldier troops kind of lining up and John's like, the one who can't quite get everything right. So he's he's backward when everyone else is forward. He's got to take a few steps back. And we have those lovely little put-in-later-in-post sound effects of him kind of creaking his head this way or that. Like, if this were a Disney animated short or part of a Disney movie, all the other soldiers would be, like, super jacked and, like, super-duper macho and eight feet tall. <laughs> and John, John Denver would be John... Denver with his Martina Navratilova looking ass and <laughs> in, in in live action in in execution it it doesn't if, if he's supposed to be the klutz it doesn't read very well because he dances pretty much as well as everyone else and he's basically the same size as everyone else and pretty much everyone has the same haircut because it's 1979 and everyone's got big toy soldier <laughs> red cheeks on so it nothing like bleeds through, but uh, the toy soldier part, whatever. Miss Piggy singing "If It Takes Forever" is spectacular. If it takes forever, I will wait for you. Also, the super creepy shot of the box opening up and her sitting up. Oh yeah, uh, they did insane. that. I'm glad they. Well, that was practice for the Christmas toy when they did it with Meteora. <laughs> All right, well, now we have to let her kind of, like, yell first and then get out. I thought it was practice for uh, the Annabelle series. <laughs> Could be. But, yes, Piggy sings. Well, no, before we get to Piggy, let's talk about this song, Camaraderie. We have that most particular thing as anyone can see. We've got, we've got camaraderie. This is the first time I had ever heard that word as a child, and I'd never heard it again until anyone talking about this special, really. Huh. I mean, it comes up again here or there, but... And then I remember hearing them spell it, and I thought, that can't be right. Nope, it's right, that's a word. It's A-C-A-M-A-R-D-E-R-I-E! And then we see John and his fellow troops whisked away through the distant sounds of cannon explosions, and here's Fifi's cue when she sings I Will Wait For You, uh, which is from the 1964 musical The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's been covered dozens of times, but I know the Connie Francis version. And I'm going to ask you, CT, do you happen to remember where you've heard this Connie Francis version before? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I am putting um, you on the spot. I want to say... S- it, was it a duet with Lenny Kravitz? <laughs> <laughs> Lenny Kravitz on the brain over here. Uh, I, I Futurama, can't. Right? Yes, Futurama. Bill said a Futurama. It's okay. at the very end of the episode Jurassic Bark. Oh. When it's revealed. Yes, yes that yes. one. When it's revealed Fry's dog Seymour, assumed to have lived a long, happy life after Fry was frozen, actually spent the rest of his days waiting outside the pizza place for him ever so faithfully, Uh, ever so patiently. What a sad episode. Oh, yeah, that's like the most gutting animated scene, Uh, which is later retconned and further explained. But for a few years there, that was just the sads. Uh, But Piggy just knocks it out of the park here. As she's wont to do. But 
And then that song kind of ends with their little slow motion run to each other as John the Toy Soldier and Fifi are reunited, uh, interrupted by Piggy stopping and commenting. I seem to remember doing this in a movie somewhere. That movie came out that year. (laughs) Which I just love that they call back so quickly that, hey kids, watch the Muppet movie. It's probably still in theaters because that's how the 70s work. (laughs) Plug. Well, I I would have... I would imagine that the Muppet movie brought a lot more people to Muppets, like movies coming out and staying in theaters and being a cultural touchstone along with the three television channels are, are probably a big reason of like, Oh, there's a John Denver special and he's with the Muppets. And I remember them from that movie. Like, Things things st- stuck around in people's memories a lot longer, but it was also That's fresh okay. enough that people that they were probably capitalizing on the Muppet movie. Oh yeah, uh, but it was a great little gag there that they were able to pull in because of that. I wouldn't, I didn't put the pieces together that oh that's funny because that's a new movie still. And they finish out the last part of the camaraderie song before they hear Santa overhead, and then they go back into their boxes. Once again, how does time work? Had Santa not been there yet, and these are other people's gifts from someone else? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough one, but not just, hey, here come children down the stairs. No, Santa's coming. Uh, and from there, we are brought onto a staged living room scene, which is taped before a live audience. So now I don't know what's happening <laughs> with anything. And I love I love how how many Christmas specials of this time end with the like living. Let's all sing carols around the the fire together. I mean, the, even the Muppet Family Christmas did this, um, did. but that like that's exactly how this special should have ended. Just all gather around. It's time to sing. Do some carols. It's time mm-hmm. for our carol sing. Mm-hmm. A lot less crowded this first. A time. lot less crowded. Oh yes. Uh, we start with the peace carol. The bread that bears the bright holly, the dove that rests in yonder tree. Which is almost ripped straight from the album. It's it's John and Scooter doing the main parts. Good on Scooter getting uh, a decent part in this song. Well, he's sixth billing in the whole special. He should have something. Oh, that's true. He hasn't really done anything yet, so good for him finally, finally showing up and doing something. <laughs> yeah, this this the the John and Scooter duet might be my favorite music uh, bit of the whole special. And then we launch into John's retelling of the nativity story, and here come Muppet Mary and Joseph and Baby Jesus. <laughs> Baby Jesus is right <laughs> because uh, it's a real freak show going on here, and I don't mind telling you. It's like, it's always just, I mean, this is the Uncanny Valley personified. Just Muppet humans uh, have always seemed a little bit unsettling. But try as they might, here they are um, with a nice little touch of uh, the the scene of Mary getting the message from the angel Gabriel uses the same kind of floating underwater effect that we get later uh, with the ghost of Christmas pass in a Muppet Christmas Carol. I don't know if you guys noticed that as well. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Like they love uh, Henson. The Henson Company loves realistic, creepy, 
little like baby looking cherub puppets and they, they <laughs> see also see also the baby band uh but they also love the pepper's ghost uh effect uh, that's yes. used in Muppets Christmas Carol. That's used in the "I'm Looking Through You" ghost thing from uh, you know Muppet Show. They they love Pepper's ghost. Yes, and these Muppets have four fingers and a thumb. Ugh, gross. <laughs> oh, do they? Uh, at least uh, Joseph does. Oh, I didn't notice that, but there you go. I was kind of disappointed that like. Baby Jesus wasn't a baby band baby, but I guess you have to. <laughs> but I do want to point out that Jesus Christ has his own page on the Muppet Wiki. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and it's actually pretty extensive. It lists like all the references to Christ in Muppet programming. Uh, and <laughs> Oh, so they're assuming it's this character. Could be like that's the first image that pops up, but then right underneath it's like a nativity scene in Doc's workshop on the bells of Fraggle Rock, and here's a crucifix owned by Johnny Fiamma's mother on Muppets Tonight. Oh man! <laughs> it's just like here are wow. a few depictions of baby Jesus in Don't Eat the Pictures because they're at an art museum. But also, am I misremembering this, or is baby Jesus in this scene super blonde? Super blonde. Full head of curly blonde hair. Toe-headed. And uh, the bluest eyes I've ever seen on a Muppet. I'm pretty sure that's how he looked in real life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that has to be uh, how he looked. <laughs> and from Muppet Jesus, we have to uh, bring everyone back down with Silent Night, or as the Muppets, the American Muppets and John Denver originally sing, it's Stille Nacht, the German version. Well, that's great about... Again, I love the rendition on the album. It, it's super duper weird to have John Denver just start everyone singing in German before explaining why they're singing in German. Right. <laughs> There's no he explains tia. it after that. They, they just all know the German words to this song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all very fluent in their German. Like, I can expect it from maybe Gonzo. For some reason, like, that German... Because his voice is the one that kind of carries over all the others. It's that nasally. It's like, still <laughs> Whereas John and his partridge carries over everyone else at the beginning. It's Gonzo at the end here. <laughs> and am I wrong? Or is the Swedish chef suddenly not around in this special when they have to sing in German? Hey, I think you're right. I don't see him at the end. <laughs> Discriminate and ask John Denver. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, right as everyone starts singing Silent Night in English, we pan out to reveal that this is before a live studio audience and all the children are singing. Uh, and the, the one close-up of the kid kind of looking around and not singing or doing anything and kind of just, I have no idea what's going on. That is John Denver's son, Zachary. Oh, Wow. Uh, I had to look that up to confirm it. I've only seen, like, my mom, who knows everything about John Denver for, for some reason, like said, that's Zachary, there he is. Like, how do you know that? Uh, <laughs> but here, if you've seen an adult picture, and I saw an adult picture of Zachary Denver uh, accepting his father's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, that's the same guy. <laughs> Amazing. I, I sort of, uh, by the end of this uh, special, I sort of, 
expected the the <laughs> the the camera to zoom out and like the whole thing to have taken place inside a snow globe. <laughs> ah, that's the, that would have been the best way to end this. Well, I agree. I mean, I am a Westfall <laughs> and it would have predated, uh, St. Elsewhere. It would have, they could have, I mean, they did the zooming out trick just in the Muppet movie. So man, they should have done a rainbow. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was right there guys. Not Christmas. Well, rainbow. If I know anything from watching television and living in California my whole life, it's that rainbows don't happen in, at Christmas. That's true. Uh, and then we have our closing credits uh, with special musical material and choral direction by Ray Charles, but not that Ray Charles. <laughs> Jim Henson's buddy Ray Charles, the white guy. Perfect. Uh and of course, the We Wish You a Merry Christmas that's almost straight from the album, but without all the fun parts. No piggy pudding, no Gonzo admitting that he eats bacon right in front of Miss Piggy. <laughs> no Wonko! Yeah. <laughs> Anything else for you guys that, that you guys wanted to say about this album before? I did want to touch real quickly on the songs on the album that are not on the special. Uh, it's just that the album's a great a great listen a uh, good thing to toss on in the holiday season and just uh, let it play a good thing too if you don't want to if you don't want to think too hard around christmas time toss it in on the car if you got a drive to take and uh, oh yeah can't can't recommend the album enough uh can't say the same for the special <laughs> no well i think the, the album it's kind of like the muppet christmas carol where like you know you, you hear so so many of these songs over and over and over again or you the christmas carol story is told over and over and over again but the muppets with the christmas carol reinvigorated it and it's like that is that is actually like my preferred christmas carol version and that's how i feel about a couple of the songs on the album like 12 days of christmas i i i could go without ever hearing that song again by anybody else but i the muppets oh, yeah. version yeah i want to hear that at least once twice, three times a year around Christmas time. Well, yeah, going back to 12 Days of Christmas, the only other version I remember hearing before that as a kid or around the same time, because again, this is one of my earliest memories, but we also had a Disney version of this and it's all Mickey Mouse and his friends being Goofy. <laughs> well, that's right. Because uh, Goofy was there. So Goofy was in the role of the five golden rings. Oh, he says gosh. golden. <laughs> Just throwing in some uh, some Disney characters and Disney voices. Too. There you go. Well, I mean, they're all in the family now. They are. They are. Soon to be joined by Futurama. So we've come <laughs> full circle. But they were, I counted four songs in the album, not in the special. We talked about Deck the Halls. There was Where the River Meets the Sea, oh, which yeah. we've heard previously uh, in Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Uh, this version is primarily John and Robin, which at the same time is better produced than the Emmett Otter version, but somehow not as good. And uh, there's also a, a video online uh, of Jerry Nelson uh, and uh, I don't remember her name, Deborah Gold, Barbara Gold, uh, singing Where the River Meets the Sea at uh, Jim's memorial service. Oh, that's right. Oh, maybe that's why I like that one better. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a song called Noel Christmas Eve 1913 about some guy walking through the woods in 1913 on Christmas Eve. <laughs> they already had their walking in the woods song on this special, so I guess they couldn't yeah, do it again. Yeah, it's like, nope, 
you ruined it with Alfie. We've we that's all we got outside. We only got the one walking through the woods song. <laughs> well, and that's the weakest link on the album, I think. So I guess someone recognized that and cut it from the special. And then the last one that didn't make it in, unfortunately, was uh, the Electric Mayhem's version of the Beach Boys' Little St. Nick. That needed to be on this yeah. one. That, that desperately should have cut out uh, some of the, dan- the, the dancing void town. They should have cut out some of the toy soldiers. And uh, what else? Well, they're playing in the gazebo right there. Well, yeah, they could. You're right. They could. They could have just slipped it in then. Like, let's just do Little Saint Nick right there. Right. But I had no idea that was a Beach Boy song until maybe my late teens. I thought that was an Electric Mayhem original. <laughs> no, no. Never knew about the Beach Boys had a Christmas album. Now my son loves the Beach Boys Christmas album. It'll be March. Play the Beach Boys Christmas album. <laughs> I think I have to reintroduce the animal version there. Uh, any last thoughts? This was a 50-minute special. So this is, like we said before, a seven, this 1979. This is back in the days when there were, I guess, fewer commercials. And, man, I felt it. I felt I, like, never wished for, like, eight minutes more of commercials than I did while watching this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's fun to watch the Muppet parts. It's fun that there's such an informal feeling to a lot of the parts of the Muppets. Uh, it's great. If it if there was an edit of this that was just like the 18 minutes of the Muppet content or whatever, like I love any time the Muppets are just sitting around in a big group and singing. Uh, I love the Scooter and John Denver duet. I love the Kermit stuff. I love 12 Days of Christmas. I love Rolf and John. But uh, yeah, just whenever the Muppets aren't around, it just drags so hard. And sometimes when the Muppets are around, but uh, it, it, it's it's an interesting thing to watch once. I'll listen to the album for the rest of my life. I don't think I'll ever watch the special again. Whenever Rolf's not on camera, we're wondering where's Wolf. That right. that said, all that said, if they put this on DVD, I would still buy it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Percent. Okay. Buy it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I'm not gonna buy Muppet stuff. I have it on a ripped DVD that's terrible, terrible quality uh, that was taken from the VHS tape that we had just taped it off the Disney Channel. So there's that, and I'll gladly make a copy for both of you. Oh, no, no, I don't – I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying if they ever do like a – because I, when I, like I bought the Rocky Mountain Holiday thinking – and originally thinking it was this. Oh. Popping the thing in, you know, because that DVD came out like 15 years ago or something – popped yeah. it in it was not this oh it's very much not this <laughs> so it's like why is everything so green but yes i would if there's an original you know an, an official release of this i would buy it for no other reason to show my support for why they need to release seasons four and five of the muppet show on dvd i was gonna say give us seasons four and five first and then this <laughs> that's not how things work yeah well <laughs> Well, if anyone listening to this wants the pleasure of your company, where can they find you on the magically appearing town square that is the internet, Bill? Uh, you can find me on all social media at Sundown Motel. I'm currently between uh, outlets at the moment. And CT. You can find me on the Nerd Lunch podcast. 
you can find all the information about that podcast at nerdlunch.net. We have a regular uh, Nerd Lunch that uh, releases a couple times a month, and then there's other other shows that uh, show up in the off weeks for us as well. All the information, nerdlunch.net, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at nerdlunch. And I'm on Twitter at Fall West Mike, and the show's on Twitter at Advent Calhouse. And you can go to adventcalendar.house if you're not already subscribed by now. Smash that subscribe button on your podcast player. Uh, <laughs> please, please won't you do that? <laughs> Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network. To find more shows like this one, visit christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hi everyone, Dwayne Bailey here from the Tinsel Tunes Podcast. Did you know Silent Night is the most recorded holiday song of all time? Over 137,000 times and counting. Come join us each month as I dive into Christmas music and reveal lots of interesting facts like that. Also, learn about your old favourites as well as getting a heads up for the new music each season. We're on all the podcast networks like iTunes, Stitcher and Google Podcasts. Check out our website, tinseltunes.com, for all the links as well as our socials. I look forward to seeing you all soon. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Christmas at Walt Disney World.